This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, you know what they say about how the pendulum never stops in the middle, right? Well, that speaks truth here on Franchise Today, as we come off of last week's conversation with Danessa Itaya, one of franchising's most influential women, and this week, the pendulum swings all the way to my interview with Tom Wood, one of franchising's most stalwart veterans, and every bit as influential a guy as Danessa is a woman. So, no stopping in the middle. Not here. Tom Wood joined Floor Coverings International in 2005 after previously serving three years as vice president of parent company First Service Brands, overseeing the strategy and operational direction of several of the brands in their franchising portfolio. Tom initially joined First Service Brands in 1985 and has worked in a few of its sister companies, including College Pro Painters as both a franchisee and executive, Serta Pro Painters as vice president and part of the founding team. When I return in two minutes or less, it'll be my pleasure to introduce you to my friend, Tom Wood, president and CEO of Floor Coverings International. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Franchisors of restaurants, bars, and grills, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. If you're looking to engage guests, elevate profits, and enhance your customer experience, Atmosphere TV is the answer. What's Atmosphere, you ask? Atmosphere is the world's number one streaming TV service for businesses, here to help you make more and save big on overpriced cable packages. Atmosphere provides you with a free programming option, bringing more than 60 ultra-engaging audio-optional channels designed to please customers and increase their average ticket. So, how does it work? Well, it's easy. Upon sign-on, Atmosphere sends you a free device loaded with over 60 channels of eye-grabbing entertainment. From news and sports to viral videos and fuzzy animals, every channel is family-friendly and designed to keep your customers happy and engaged. Plus, thanks to Atmosphere's 100% audio-optional format, the programming is perfect for any setting, no matter how loud or busy. So, stop playing and paying overpriced cable. Go with free TV instead. Just go to atmosphere.tv forward slash sign up and use the code FRANCHISE, and Atmosphere will waive the usual one-time $99 activation fee for your free-to-stream device. Visit Atmosphere online at atmosphere.tv, and remember, use the code FRANCHISE to waive your one-time activation fee. Visit atmosphere.tv to elevate your franchise's entertainment experience today. Some have suggested that Floor Coverings International is to the flooring industry what Amazon is to retail. My guest today, Floor Coverings International President and CEO Tom Wood says, quote, This business model is only becoming more and more relevant. Homeowners are looking for convenience and value, and they reward us for delivering it. Our ability to disrupt the flooring industry by bringing the flooring directly to the customer is exactly why our franchise will continue to grow over the coming years. This is the right opportunity at exactly the right time in a $100 billion industry. Well, Tom Wood is here right now to tell us more and all about it. Tom Wood, 
Welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you very much, Dan. It's really good to be here with you. Appreciate having you. I was trying to think back how long we go back, Tom, and I think I was at Blimpy when we first met. I think it was Dennis Fuller that may have introduced me to you. I think you are absolutely right. I'm thinking it's 25 plus years now. Yeah, well, so let's talk about those 25 years. What were you doing when franchising found you, Tom? How did you ever get involved in franchising in the first place? Well, believe it or not, it's actually 38 years now for me that I've been in franchising. I was a college student up in Boston, Boston University. I was a music student, believe it or not, and had to pay my way through school and was looking for an opportunity that I could earn the most amount of money possible in my uh, my summer break, you know, to, of course, be able to pay for school like many of us did. And while I was looking for a job, I came across a franchise company that was hiring people. The company at the time was College Pro Painters. I started out the first summer painting houses, literally, uh, and realized I kind of had a passion for the business, not painting so much, but the business and home improvements and got my first franchise in 1986, believe it or not. And was that in Florida? Where were you then? No, that was in Boston. So I was in Boston. Yep. Had my first franchise in 1986 and 1987. Uh, Then at the end of 1987, I went to work for the parent company and uh, worked with them up in Boston for a few years. I, for some reason, had a feeling that you had spent some of your time, early time in business in Florida. Well, I did. In 1990, after a couple of years working for the corporate headquarters, I still really had that entrepreneurial itch where I wanted to be running my own business and running my own shop. I had enjoyed it in those early years. I wanted to get back to it. So my wife and I decided let's move down to Fort Lauderdale. She got a job with the Florida Philharmonic. She's a musician as well. And I started a painting company in 1990 there. Back to my roots essentially and had a really solid first two years of uh, running a home improvement business. And in 1992 a couple of the folks that I had worked with in the 80s at College Pro Painters called and said, hey, tell us about the business. Is it successful? We shared some notes and they said, look, let's start a full time painting franchise, which became the Serta Pro Painters brand that we launched in 1992. So I got back into franchising again after a very, very short two-year period of time off running my own business. And that consortium, that was the early days of Serta Pro, were with the same people that you're still with these days with First Service? That's right. I have been with the parent company since 1985, but ironically, it wasn't really a parent company back then. <laughs> you know, like all of our companies, it grew and acquired other brands and things like that. When I started in the 80s, it was just one brand. And then in 1992, when we launched Serta Pro, we had two brands. And then from there, it became the company that it is today. Talk about early adapters. I mean, you guys were doing the umbrella portfolio thing long before there was even a category for that in franchising. We were. You know, those early days in the 90s, when I look back at the the businesses and the platforms that really launched, certainly our parent company, all of home improvement franchising at that point was what I like to fondly call work from home, man in a van. In 1997 and 1998, our parent company then acquired California Closets and Paul Davis Restoration. Again, home improvement brands, and I had an opportunity to work with them as part of the the acquisition team. And what those two brands really taught us was how we could take a company like Serta Pro Painters and turn it into an executive model business and transform it from what most of home improvement was in the uh, the 90s, that work from home, man in a van 
demand. And for me personally, I like to credit those early first couple of acquisitions in the late 90s for that transition over to not only our brands, but many other home improvement brands that moved them from one person running the actual trade to actually it becoming uh, the executive model uh, opportunity that it is today. And that craze has not slowed down at all. The man in the van and transformation from that to the fragmented businesses where I don't know. It seemed like every year when Delta would lay off some pilots, 20 new construction companies were born. And you'd always find people just buying a, a job. And literally, they were not in business at all. They were working in their business instead of on it, which we both know doesn't work. That so, exactly, I agree with that. So talk about those early years, Tom. And what did you do to wind up at the helm as CEO of Floor Coverings International? Well, those early years, and for me, uh, when I look back on my career, I look Look at 1992 up through 1997 in the, my chapters, my, my history, if you will. Those were the years that really I and the folks that I had the, the opportunity to work with that we really learned franchising. So we knew home improvement. We were very good at the skill of running the businesses. We understood the, the trade, but we didn't really understand full-time franchising back then. So myself, and certainly one of the gentlemen I had the, the absolute blessing to be able to work with, Charlie Chase and a few others, we learned franchising in that period of time. And that's the early years of when the IFA first started to really grow and mature. And, and I like to look back and say there was some really good mentors, not a lot of great training. So we made a lot of mistakes. We had some good wins and some good successes. But from 92 to 97, we took that brand, Serta Pro Painters, and moved it from the first couple of franchises. I think we had six in 1992 that we started with to by the time we got to 1998, I think we were up to around 100, essentially. And then from that point forward, we started to transition the brand again into that executive model type business that we see that Serta Pro Painters has today. And then what was the franchise development center, Tom? I don't remember what you were doing, what that was. Sure. So I mentioned a moment ago, it was 1997 and 1998 was the time frame that we started to acquire some other brands. So in that time frame, we had Serta Pro Painters. We had acquired a company called Neutralon, which was a Canadian lawn pest service, organic products and such. We acquired California Closets, we acquired Stained Glass Overlay, and we acquired Paul Davis Restoration. And at the time, when we looked at the brands that we had in our portfolio, we felt very strongly that all of the brands were very, very strong operationally. We knew how to lead franchisees, we knew how to train them, we knew how to help them and support them in the operations. But one area that all of the brands was missing was a good, strong franchise development program and system to be able to take the brands and expand them. So 1998, I essentially left CertiPro from that uh, full-time uh, position that I was in, started a, a startup brand essentially underneath our portfolio at the Franchise Development Center. And what we did for the next six years was really focus on growing and expanding those brands. So we took all of the franchise development efforts for those different brands and put them into the Franchise Development Center. That was one of the very early platforms, if you will, of consolidated franchise development. I remember back to those days, and I wasn't Blimpy for sure, because that's what I remember most, is you coming to the Southeast Franchise Forum and talking up all the revolutionary insights that were coming forward from your work across the multiple brands and sharing with us the stats that we now go to Franchise Update to get on a global level, right? That's right. Early pioneer days of, of that type of thinking, for sure. 
So move the ball forward for us from there. And what was another mile marker along the way that you'd call the next milestone? Yeah, in 2004, we acquired two more additional brands under First Service Brands. We acquired a company called Pillar to Post Home Inspections, and we acquired a company called Floor Coverings International. At that point, while I was running the Franchise Development Center, I was also working with several of the brands and the integration strategy. They were reporting to me, if you will. But one of the brands that was reporting to me at that point was Floor Coverings International. And in 2004 and early 2005, I just got really fired up for the opportunities that we saw in the flooring industry. And at the time, I used to say it's virtually identical to the painting industry. And the way that I described it was it's a $100 billion category, incredibly fragmented, that no competitor has any real market share. But I was really getting enthralled with the flooring category and the opportunities that we saw. So in uh, early 2005, I essentially moved over, left my other responsibilities and moved into Floor Coverings International as the CEO at that point. We were an extremely small brand. We had about 40 franchisees. I think in 2005, we did $19 million total in system-wide sales. But what we had really was a landscape in the flooring industry with a mobile franchised platform that we thought we could really grow. So I moved over in 2005 and have been CEO of Floor Coverings International since then. On the consumer side of floor coverings, what are some of the unique competitive advantages? I kind of remember you guys would bring a showroom to the home or something like that catalog to the home. That's right. So a vast majority of the flooring industry is what we describe as retail based. Meaning if you want to get floors for your home, you go to a store, you choose the floors there. They have lots and lots of options. But one of the primary challenges, actually, there's two primary challenges. The first one is choosing a flooring product in a showroom is not ideal because generally the lighting is different and it doesn't really emulate what you're going to have in your home. The second challenge with the retail model is once you choose your flooring product, how do you actually get it installed? because most retailers don't have an installation component. What they'll do is they'll provide you a list of potential flooring installers, subcontractors, if you will, and they'll help you get coordinated, but you're really overseeing the installation yourself as a consumer. We looked at the flooring category and said it can really operate the exact same way that Serta Pro Painters, California Closets, and then many other brands that would be similar, meaning it can be a mobile platform. So we developed what we call a mobile showroom. We have a small van that essentially goes to a customer's home with roughly 115 different flooring samples, which includes over 3,000 SKUs, if you will, when we bring in uh, variations of color and such along with it. But what that mobile flooring showroom does is really provide the homeowner with a unique opportunity to choose high-end exceptional flooring in the comfort of their own home so that they can see it in their own lighting, with their own decor and, and such. And it has really been an advantageous model for us. Of course, what we also do is turnkey all of the tear out of the existing floor and installation of the new floor all in one package for the consumer. And it really does give us a good, unique competitive advantage. Absolutely awesome. And it makes nothing but sense, which I guess is why a guy like Charlie Chase put all this together at some point in time. That's right. (laughs) It sure is. That's right. Tell you what, let's take a quick break here, Tom. And when we come back, let's talk more about what you're doing today at Floor Coverings International. And let's talk about the way forward, what you're seeing in the post-COVID world. We might even toe into those waters a little and maybe talk 
a little about how COVID impacted you and are there any major changes that have come from that that you continue to press forth with going forward. We're talking today with Tom Wood, President and CEO at Floor Coverings International, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. In today's world, for sustainable growth, franchisors must apply systems that manage and support all aspects of franchise development from getting units open and operating to supporting operations in the field, managing legal and compliance, royalty management, and franchisee location and ownership information and records management, sometimes across multiple brands. And they must be able to report on all that data on demand. Are you confident that your current tools are delivering that to you today, much less achieving it to your satisfaction? Well, time to say hello to FRM Solutions, because FRM does all that and more. With open APIs, associated data can be pushed or pulled from anywhere to FRM. That's why franchise administrators, legal teams, and franchise executives at some of America's largest and multi-branded portfolio companies rely upon FRM Solutions as their single source of truth. And if that's not enough, FRM can identify single or multi-unit franchisee records across multiple brands within your portfolio of concepts, delivering you the power of one, the one and only tool for seamless multi-brand franchise relationship management. And that power of one applies too. If you're an established and fast-growing single concept franchise, in either case, FRM scales with your company and helps you grow your business. Forget about building a custom system and say good riddance to inflexible products. FRM is customizable and upgrades are included. It even integrates with Outlook, Gmail, and text messaging, making it fully functional within your native environments. It's time to simplify your life and compound your success. Do it today with the power of one, and that one is FRM Solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com and order up a demo today. My conversation today continues with Tom Wood, President CEO at Floor Coverings International and franchise peer and friend for, I don't know, some 30 years by now, Tom. It's been a long time. You're one of those guys who, in my LinkedIn world, has shared connections to me that are right on the brink of 1,500. That's how you know the people you're talking to have been around the block for a little while. So let's talk some about, oh, I don't know, let's start with COVID and, and walk forward from there. What kind of an impact did COVID have on your business, Tom? given that yours was a, a company whose brand is built around bringing things to people's homes. 2020 had to be a little rough for that, didn't it? Well, you know, all of us as business leaders look back at COVID with, I'm going to say, mixed emotions and with a mixed bag of what really happened, what worked in our favor, what worked against us. And myself and Floor Coverings International are really no different. You know, we look back, middle of March, 2020, everything started to close down very, very quickly. By the time we were all in April, everything was closed down. But there was a really interesting thing that we were seeing in our data. And this is the the power of being able to see your company's data on a minute by minute basis across every franchisee and every locale. And, And what it was that we were seeing was that all of our franchisees, certainly at our urging and direction, turned off their marketing and advertising once they got into the month of April. 
we thought everything was shut down. We're not going to be going to people's homes. So there, there's really no need for our franchisees to be spending money at that moment on advertising, certainly when we didn't know what the next step was going to be. But what we saw was certainly by the, the middle of April is we were still getting what I would describe as a robust number of customers across all of our locations that were still going online and booking appointments for people to come to their home. It was a very interesting phenomenon. On one hand, all of us are supposed to be working from home. Our franchisees are supposed to be essentially closed down, you know, while the world is uh, is dealing with the early stages of the pandemic and the uncertainty. But customers were saying, I'm home, I'm still employed, I'm going to use this time to get home improvements done, and I don't actually have a problem with you coming to my home. So we watched that very closely. And I remember there was a fair amount of confusion for those of us here at Four Coverings International of what was really happening. By the time that we got to the beginning of May, many, if not most of our franchisees were reporting that number one, they They were working. Number two, customers were asking them to come to their home. And then number three, there was various degrees of whether a customer wanted and expected us to be masked when we came into the home, whether or not the customer would be masked when we would go to their home. And by the beginning of May, that's what we were looking at. By the middle of May, while the world was still shut down and socially, we were supposed to not be working. When I say we, I mean nearly everybody across all platforms. We were seeing that the flooring industry was actually picking up very, very quickly. So by the time we got to June 1st, we had a very strong initiative to get every franchise owner back open for business back fully in operations, but of course, with all sorts of COVID protocols. So what I'm going to say is by the time that we were back to July 1, we were right back to business as usual, volume as usual. And that was the start of an 18-month incredible growth journey for us here at Floor Coverings International. So even though that second quarter of 2020 was largely shut down and we were doing business, but boy, we were tiptoeing around. By the time the end of the year came, we still grew 9% that year which we thought was phenomenal. Then we followed that up in 2021 with we grew 53% on top of the 9% that was on top of 21% in uh, 2019. So we certainly knew at that point, heading through 2021, just for a historical reference, it wasn't until March and April of 2021 that the vaccines were first released. So even through most of 2021, it was still work from home and things like that. We were growing like gangbusters. So what we learned during that period is what you would see on the news was not adequately reflecting what was actually happening in the North American household. We followed the numbers. We followed the trends. We did it as safely as we possibly could in putting all sorts of emphasis on safety first. But boy, we stepped on the gas and grew through that period. And it was a great period of growth for us here at Floor Coverings International. Well, you couldn't have been in a better market sector at a time where people are now calling home office and home. So to the point you made earlier, more people spending more time at home are spending money improving the home that they're spending time in. I just thought, though, through the early stages of COVID that there might have been more of an impact, but it sounds like you guys navigated your way through that. Well, there was an impact, but we had a couple of very fortunate moments in time that clued us into the, we can either be part of the masses that are sitting back and uh, allowing COVID to happen to us, 
or we can be some of the leaders which are going to take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to us and we're going to get out in front of it. And we chose, we're going to be one of the leaders, we're going to be an early adopter, and we are going to make sure that our franchisees have every opportunity to grow and prosper. And that was what was at the root of it, is we were not going to sit by as a franchisor and allow franchisees to be harmed by something that was happening environmentally if there was something we could do about it. And that was our launching pad. We actually had what we called in June 2020, we coined the phrase of getting franchisees back up in operations, Operation Slingshot. And it was a 30-day initiative to get every franchisee from June 1st all the way up through June 30th back fully in business, their marketing turned back on and operating safely. And boy, it really helped us. What do you think were some of the things that have been eye-openers for you post-COVID in terms of changes to how you conduct your business that are sticking even post-COVID that you don't need to do them anymore, but you are still following some of those disciplines? Are there any that come to mind? Yeah, there's a couple of things. And I'll start up by saying that they're not really COVID related, but it was the COVID situation that brought these to light. We are very disciplined now as we will pay attention to what's in the news and we will pay attention to what's being reported economically as such. We're going to watch our own numbers and our own customer behaviors and use those as a first leading indicator and then use what's on the news and use what's uh, being reported in the economy as a secondary piece of an indicator. And what I mean by that is what we learned in that early stage of COVID was the news was saying everybody is staying and working from home. But what the data was showing was that people were actually out and about and that they wanted people to come to their home for home improvement. So we learned very quickly, trust our data and verify, of course, but move quickly and respond on the the best possible data that you have available. It doesn't come as any surprise to me that somebody with your background in franchise sales and development has the discipline to follow the behavior, not the spoken word. Yes. We learned that in very, very strong terms early on in my franchise development career. We used to say the buyers were often liars and don't follow what they tell you, follow what they do. It sounds very much the same, Tom. Exactly. There was an epiphany for me. It was end of April, 2020. I had a sophomore in college that of course was locked out of school during COVID, came home for spring break, never went back. But by the end of April, we had to go back up and get his stuff moved out of his campus dorm. So we went very carefully from Atlanta, Georgia, which at that point, Georgia and the South was being vilified for what was being perceived in the news as being open and careless. We went up to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where Pennsylvania and the Northeast were being promoted as handling COVID correctly in the news. But what we learned was what was happening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was exactly the same as what was happening in Atlanta, Georgia. But the news was reporting it as something being very different. It was that moment that we said, okay, we need to start following our data and stop watching the news and it helped us. Talk about the data that you're following, Tom. What kinds of technological advances have you seen speeding up at an incredibly faster pace than even before? Technology to me has been escalating year over year at a really phenomenal rate before COVID, but post-COVID, it seems like the things that were already moving quickly escalated even further. What's your view on that? For sure. The data is extremely helpful and certainly in our industry and in home improvement, it's understanding 
understanding neighborhoods. It's understanding segments of demographics and who's responding which way, essentially, and then being able to take that data and act on it very quickly. It could be very, very simple things in our world, like when you start to get customer inquiries in a certain part of town and certain subdevelopments and you're getting multiple, that's a leading indicator that that subdevelopment or that area of town that was developed largely at the same point in time is now starting to move into a remodeling stage. So very quickly, shift your marketing, shift your advertising, shift your PR into those neighborhoods and those areas. But another thing that we also learned is that there was different customer segments of demographics that responded differently during COVID as well. And being able to keep your finger on, again, where your inquiries are coming from, from a strong demographic analysis and such, and then being able to respond to that was also vitally important as well. And those are things that we use today. Tom, before I ask you if there's anything that I haven't asked you today that you wished I did, I'd like for you to touch a little bit on the benevolent part of your life. I know you do a good bit of charity work. Anything there you want to talk about? Oh, gosh. It's certainly a passion that I have. Stan, you know this because we've been friends for a long time. Myself, my friends, my family, people that I spend a lot of time with and that hold a degree of, let's call it, uh, social accountability with one another, certainly believe that when you have had an opportunity that your life has been moved forward and people have breathed into you and you've benefited, you doubly carry the responsibility to give back to others, whether it's in our industry, sharing information and sharing knowledge, or certainly in our communities, uh, places of need. Our company here in Atlanta, Georgia, Floor Coverings International, is very involved in our local community with homeless shelters in particular, but a few other charities. Uh, We've got a philosophy here that if there's somebody in our office that has a passion for giving back in one way or another. We want to promote that as an opportunity for us as an organization to get behind it. And we find not only does it benefit the individual, it benefits the organization, it certainly benefits the community. And it teaches people how actually easy it is to give back to people in need. That's awesome. Well, Tom, I'm going to save time for you to give us some contact info, but what have I not asked you that you might have wished I did? You didn't ask me what it is that I love more most about Floor Coverings International. And what I would put my finger on is as the CEO of this organization, the piece that I am absolutely most proud of is that in this $100 billion segment of home improvement, Floor Coverings International is the highest rated flooring company of any kind when it comes to customer satisfaction and customer experience. We are sitting right now with an 87 NPS. Our NPS is administered by a third party arms like company they get all of our data, which means we don't cherry pick which customers get the NPS survey. But what makes me really proud about it is not just the fact that we're the highest rated or the fact that we have an 87 NPS. It's the fact that this is almost entirely franchise owner driven. There is very little that I or anybody at our corporate headquarters actually has to lead or do or reinforce for our franchise owners in their community to maintain that standard of being the very, very best for customer experience. And that as a CEO that uh, is getting in the uh, the latter years of my leadership is the piece that I am absolutely most proud of here at Floor Coverings International. And for the benefit of those who don't know the acronym NPS is Net Promoter Score. Is that right? That's right. Well, Tom, nothing left for me to ask you other than how do people find you again if they want to learn more? Goodness, there is two easy ways. 
FloorCoveringsInternational.com. We have all sorts of methodology to reach us there, or somebody can come to me directly at twood at FloorCoveringsInternational.com. How many units are we up to, Tom? We'll have 250 operating units by the time we get to the new year, January 1st of 2024. But that shouldn't dissuade anybody from thinking, oh, they're sold out. There's no more room here. Oh, no. We have another 200 to 250 open territories that we are assertively looking to fill. Well, all that tells me is how well you're doing at doing it right. Tom Wood, can't thank you enough for making the time and for rescheduling because we had you scheduled for an earlier date and I had a hiccup. But I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your friendship. And I thank you for paying it forward for all the years you've been doing that to the world of franchising. Tom Wood, President and CEO at Floor Coverings International. Thank you, Stan. Well, that does it for today. Join me again next week and every Wednesday at noon Eastern as I drop brand new interviews with some of the most dynamic, interesting, and successful executives in franchising. Next week, those shoes get filled by Tarji Carter. Tarji is the president and founder of the Franchise Player, a revolutionary initiative that aims to expand the number of black-owned franchises across the country. The Franchise Player provides education, resources, and opportunities to aspiring franchisees and small business owners. Tarji is also the force behind Guest First Services, a franchise consulting boutique located right here in suburban Atlanta and is responsible for developing and executing strategic franchise expansion plans and lead generation tactics for brand partner relationships. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.